Well, hey, whether you stumbled onto my podcast or you've been a longtime listener, I'm glad you're listening. What is this podcast all about? Well, it's about people just like me, just like you, about age 60, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but you, like me, are trying to figure out how you're going to do life for this next 10, 20, 30 years. How are you going to stay healthy? What are you going to eat? Are you going to exercise? How are you going to do the things you really, really want to do in retirement? Uh, But most importantly, things that I think about go along these lines. How am I going to avoid assisted living? How am I going to maintain my independence? How am I going to enjoy life to its fullest until God says my time is done? Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello again, and welcome to the Pushing 60 Aside podcast with Gene Fleming. I'm an ISSA certified fitness trainer specializing in senior fitness. And this last couple of weeks, I've been in a period of, of change once again. Change. Change is good for me. Change keeps me from staying in one spot, doing one thing, day in, day out, year in, year out. And uh, I made a critical decision in my own fitness Uh, plan this last couple of weeks. You know, I've talked about it many times on the podcast. I've been a Fitbit user for going on seven years. This November would have been the seventh year of using a Fitbit fitness tracker. Well, um, everything else I use is an Apple product. Our laptop is an Apple. My, uh, My pad is an Apple. My phone is an Apple. And I decided to give the Apple Watch a try. Now this is not an endorsement for Apple Watch. I've only just started using it so I don't know a whole lot about it. But what I'm seeing so far I really like. Well Apple does fitness differently than the Fitbit tracker does. Uh, Entry level with the Apple is generally more expensive than entry level with a, a Fitbit product. And, um, and so I, I couldn't go full tilt with the most expensive um, Apple Watch 6. I, I might have that amount of money, but I still want to have Christmas, if you know what I mean. And uh, so I've, I've kept my Fitbit in, uh, in, the, in the wings uh, for long distance runs. And by long distance, I mean anything uh, upwards of five or six miles because frankly so far I prefer its form of GPS tracking over what I'm finding with the Apple. But I don't want to do a comparison podcast because like I said I really don't know enough about the Apple product yet to really give it two thumbs up or a thumb down and a thumb up or two thumbs down. I just don't know and if if ever I'm going to do anything on a podcast you know, I want to give you insight to the truth. Nothing but the truth. The science. Uh, does it work? How does it work? Is it fun? Is it cool? Is it neat? Is it easy? Is it cumbersome? All those things factor if you're a person that's going to track your fitness using a fitness tracker. And so that's uh, not what I want to talk about today. That's just something I'm doing and something I felt the need to share. Those of you that still follow me on Facebook, you know what I've been doing here. I'm going through a number of deliberate changes because the goal is 
to improve my life as I move into the mid-60s. And one of the ways I wanted to do that was by truly focusing on things that help me. And the areas I want to get better at is how I go about taking care of myself uh, physically, my fitness training, and um, my, my diet, what I eat. I'm not talking about a weight loss diet. I'm talking about what I eat to power this body of mine and keep it strong and healthy. So in this moment of uh, decision, which actually came a couple of months ago, uh, you know, we've had a year full of stress. You know that. I know that. Uh, you know, we've got a political campaign going on here in the United States, and uh, that has caused me a lot of stress. I'm just going to throw that out there like that, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing it on the news. I'll be glad when the election happens and it's over with and we have an outcome so that we can get back to life that is somewhat normal. Of course, we've got coronavirus we've had to deal with uh, since the early part of 2020, and it has, if, well, if it hasn't disrupted your life, I fear that it's going to in the coming months because before long, every one of us will know somebody personally that has been severely affected by the coronavirus. And I don't mean that they necessarily died, but we'll know people that who've gotten very sick from it. We may know some who have passed from it. I do. And, um, you know, and that's, that's been hard to process. You know, last year I wasn't thinking that we would be in a state of pandemic. But this is one thing I've learned through this is that my life outside of my control drastically changed. The things that I do for fun changed. The things I do as a social activity changed. And it was as if we were in a drought and everything just dried up. Now, personally, I don't mind wearing a mask. That's a small part of this puzzle that I can help solve by behaving myself and hopefully keeping myself infection free. And if I should happen to get coronavirus, perhaps I may not spread it to someone else. So I can do the mask thing. You know, I can wash my hands, I can sanitize, I can dash in and out of stores like the Flash to get my groceries and not linger and talk with people or uh, go to places where people aren't similarly minded. It's just a choice I've got to make. The last place in the world I'd go right now is to a bar. Well, it could be because I don't drink, but the number one reason I wouldn't go to a bar is I know how people generally behave in bars, especially the later the night gets. So having said that, this year has been a year of stress that has been beyond our, our control for the most part, and that stress affects us. I know if you're like me, you want to turn on the TV for the evening news and hear something other than what's going on with the election campaigns and you want to hear some good news regarding coronavirus. But we're not getting that right now. So, you know, what we were thinking was, you know, maybe this thing would pass through the summer, the coronavirus that is, and I never believed that. But uh, then again, I'm a science guy. You know, that's not the way viruses work. Uh, but 
as we're seeing, we're having an uptick in the number of cases, the number of hospitalizations in the United States, and it's scary because, uh, you know, even even in nursing homes, there's uh, there's been a, a new uptick in the number of positive cases and deaths. That just scares the bejesus out of me, and I don't know if it's okay to say bejesus, but you know what I mean. It just it just scares me to think that at this point that we don't have the kind of control uh, to maintain human life in the presence of a severe virus. And of course we know it mostly affects elderly people with comorbidities. And that's a phrase that, that's a word I have a hard time saying because it's not a word I've had to use a lot in my life. But it simply means other things that could contribute to a, a death before your possible lifespan. So, uh, so we know that people with uh, type 2 diabetes, people with any other severe medical condition, COPD, heart disease, other disabilities, and more and more they've started talking about the reality of obesity being a comorbidity where coronavirus is concerned. And I've even heard a doctor talk about people that have sleep apnea. Now, they may have sleep apnea because of other conditions. You know, it could be obesity, it could be, um, you know, uh, respiratory disease or uh, any number of things. But, um, you know, this is real. This is, this is, this is, as they like to say so much, of the time these days. This is not fake news. This is just reality. There's a virus out there. People are getting it. Some people are dying from it. The ones that are more likely to die are those that have the comorbidities. I'm fortunate at this point in my life, but if this pandemic had happened 10 years ago, I would be at very, very, very high risk. And the only reason I'm not at high risk now is because I came back from the edge of diabetes and I came back from having a diagnosis of congestive heart failure. So, yay me. I'm really happy to be here and I'm really hopeful about the future. And, um, you know, so, you know, I watch the news just like you do every day and I hear the talk about vaccines. I have confidence that the vaccines are being worked on and I also would know that before the FDA releases the vaccine to, to be used, that it'll be thoroughly tested. And when I'm eligible for it, I will get it if um, I'm not already immune through the fact that I caught the virus earlier or catch it between now and then. So I want to be a smart guy. And, but political stress aside, coronavirus stress aside, I'm still anticipating living to a very ripe old age. And, you know, my grandfather lived to be 93. And uh, so genetically, I know that I can battle a few storms and I still have the potential to live as long as he did. And he was relatively healthy up until about his 92nd year. And that's pretty doggone good. I mean, how many people in their 90s do you know? And um, so... Anyway, so as I am making decisions, I'm making decisions about discovering or creating the best ways to keep myself healthy and able 
as I merge into my mid-60s. Now, I turned 63 in November, but, um, you know, that's I'm getting toward mid-60, but, you know, still, I got to think about it now, what I want to be able to do then. And then I can stretch it on out to age 70 or 72 or 73, 74, 75, because we need to really think long-term about what we're doing and how we're doing it and what's the best combination that sustains and improves our health. Now, it's unlikely that I'm going to do anything like take up marathon running. I think I'm pretty much capped out on running 5Ks, the occasional 10K or something like that. But I wanted to have more balance in my approach to um, fitness. More balance in the fitness because with Fitbit, I was kind of trapped into this obsession with getting a certain amount of steps every day. And in combination with that, I wanted to climb a certain number of hills every day, which Fitbit measured in floors. So the goal for today might have been go out and walk 12,000 steps and climb the equivalent of a 40-story building in, in, in the exercise session. Well, the question remains, was all of that essential to keep me physically fit as a guy merging into my mid-60s? The answer is no. No, 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 no. It is not essential. What is essential is that I get meaningful, purposeful, challenging exercise a few times a week. And I know this may sound contrary to some things I've said before, but it's it's not. It's because I'm getting older. This is consistent with a, a good plan to make sure that when I'm 75 years old, I can stand up off the toilet by myself. I can get out of bed without falling down. I can get up and down the steps to my house. I can get in and out of my car with relative ease. This is the plan to help me do that stuff, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Uh, because I plan to be here. Uh, you, you know, that that is the plan. You know, there's no big secret here. I didn't get to this point in life to enjoy my retirement, not to live long enough to enjoy it. And so, you know, I know I've, I've slowed down a little bit, but what I'm doing is I'm focusing more not on amassing a certain number of steps every day, but getting good quality intensive steps, sometimes through running, uh, on alternate days, or I'll, you know, get a good brisk walk Monday, go for a run on Tuesday, just do normal household stuff on Wednesday, go for a run on Thursday. And so, any of those days that I've mentioned so far with this combination, I might not get but six or seven thousand steps. Are you surprised? Because here's the truth. Here's what I've learned after seven years of having a Fitbit on my body is that 10,000 steps a day might be the norm if you live in New York City and you walk 20 city blocks to go to work every day. 
And uh, it might be the norm if you're 18, 19, 20 years old uh, or a high school athlete or something like that. Uh, but at age 62, approaching 63, 10,000 steps does one real significant thing for me. It makes me tired because it takes me an hour to an hour and a half every day of doing nothing but walking to amass 10 or 12,000 steps. Okay, that, that's a lot of time. I mean, I've got to set a block of time aside to do nothing but walk and or run uh, for more than an hour. And um, so here's what I've learned. I got old parts. I've got knees that ache. I've got ankles that ache. I've got hips that sometimes ache. I've got a back that sometimes aches. So why do I have all these aches? Well, it probably was, and I confess, an imbalance in the amount of wear and tear I was doing daily. I was not allowing for sufficient recovery time. Recovery time. Let's just say this evening I go out and I run a 5K distance. And let's say I, I move at a pretty good pace. In other words, I'm pushing it. I'm not just doing a little jig-jog, 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 you know, uh, easy jog. But I'm actually running for 3.1 miles. Well, that is hard. You know, it, it, it's, it's pushing all the way through. My lungs are, are, are pumping and my heart is pumping and my legs are pumping and my feet are pounding the, the pavement. And uh, so if I do something like that every day, my feet and my knees and my hips and my muscles never really get a chance to recover and benefit from the exercise I get today. So let's just say tonight, and I'm going to by the way, I go out and I run three, three and a half miles. Well, that's, that's, that's a good window for me to get about 50 minutes to an hour of really good exercise. Uh, it's going to be fun, it's going to be hard, it's going to be challenging, and, 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 and it's going to put stress on my body. So if my goal is to reduce my physical, emotional, and mental stress going into my mid-60s to help me in the uh, longevity goal, then okay, well I've, I've been doing that and you know this to be true. Just about eliminated, eliminated Facebook. I've completely eliminated uh, Instagram. I've backed out of YouTube altogether because I have a, a YouTube account. Uh, so I've done that. And then uh, I've reduced the number of hours I spend watching news television of any source, any kind, any time of day. I get up in the morning, basically, I do what my granddad did. He looked outside and checked the weather. If it was sunny, it looked like it was going to be a good day. Now, I do catch the evening news from the local channel and find out what the five, seven-day forecast is, but that that's all I really need. I don't need to see that for a half hour in the morning and then for a half hour in the evening, and I don't need to have CNN, Fox, MSNBC, 
I don't need to have one of those playing in the background all day long with all this regurgitated political and coronavirus stuff because it makes me stressed. And if it makes me stressed, it's not good for me. Who controls the remote control? I do. Who controls my uh, fitness plan? I do. Who controls my menus, my diet, the food that I put in my mouth? I do. And so if I take this multifaceted approach to overall reducing this uh, psychological, emotional, and physical stress on my body, that has got to be good for me. Uh, you know, anytime we have stress, we have to have a period of recovery. You know, if you lose a loved one, you grieve. What is grief? Grief is stress. Anytime we have somebody severely sick, we're stressed out. A family member, a spouse, a child, a parent. You, you know this to be true. And that stress just wears you out. And so it doesn't make any difference where the stress comes from. If it's from uh, an emotional attachment to a person that's sick and, and dying, if it's a psychological stress that comes from negative news stories and repeated bad news, if it's physical stress coming from over-exercising and not giving my body time to recover, it's all stress. And it all wears and tears on me and it will wear and tear on you so the plan is I'm not worried about 10,000 steps every single day of every single week month after month after month what I'm concerned about is getting really good quality exercise that really pushes me three to four, maybe five times a week. And it's going to be a mix of walking and running and, and strength training. Because really, that's all I need at this age. And I have to consider this too. Anytime I'm engaging in physical activity, and, um, and, and you know this to be true too, if I just go out to get into my car to drive to a park, to go walk or run there, just getting in and out of the car here and there, and again when I get home, there's an opportunity to get physically hurt, to stumble, to fall, to trip. Um, when I'm running, there's always the possibility of a sprain or a strain or um, exercise that's intense enough to cause inflammation in my joints, especially my knees, Lord help my right knee. So if I want to reduce that physical stress, I got to do this smarter. If I don't want to worry about the scales going up this winter, I've got to do my menu planning smarter. And um, as I said in a previous podcast, I know the stuff that I can't eat and get away with it. And uh, so I've got to you know, invoke some discipline about all of this. If I catch myself sitting there mindlessly watching a news channel, I need to turn it off. I need to watch Andy Griffith or uh, what's that show, American Pickers? 
you know, pawn, pawn stars. I need to watch something like that. I need to watch Wicked Tuna, where they <laughs> go out on fishing boats and catch tuna. You know, I need to watch anything else. I need to watch a mystery, a thriller, uh, something that stimulates my imagination, uh, a drama of some sort. I need to, I need to, uh, you know, stimulate my brain that way. So I know that watching the news nonstop doesn't do anything good for me. It just makes me worry and, and and worry is stress and stress causes all kind of physical ailments it can cause stomach upset bowel upset it can cause headache it can cause sleeplessness at night because when you get ready to lay down and all you can think about is what you saw on the news today I don't need any of that if I can avoid it now I'm not going to be an ostrich and bury my head in the sand and pretend that um, political campaigns aren't going on and debates going to happen and you know I, I can't be an ostrich and ignore all of this I need to I need to know enough to know enough but I don't need to make it a steady diet it's an unhealthy diet I know that coronavirus is real and I know that our state is now a state where the number of cases are increasing so my job there is just to, I already know what to do. We've been training for this since uh, February, March. So I just got to keep doing what I've been doing and not do stupid things. Um, you know, so we're not going to have a family Thanksgiving gathering this year. We live all over the place. And so we would come from all over the place and gather at one place and we would sit around a family table in a living room and house situation uh, you know and so that's that's a risk that we're deciding not to take this year well folks I think the message is clear whatever we're doing whether you're using a Fitbit or whether you're using an Apple watch um, whether you're a Republican whether you're a Democrat uh, it, it doesn't matter the goal and the entire purpose of pushing 60 aside is, okay, here we are. We've, we've reached 60, some of us, and some of us are about to. I know who you listeners are that are not quite 60. And some of us, like Bruce, you know, he's, uh, he's even got a couple of years on me. But, you know, my friend down in Mobile, well, actually Sims, Alabama, Charlotte, she is uh, about my age day for day because, you know, we graduated high school together. And... Uh, so the, the goal for us is to make sure that we do what we can and get as much of this right as we can so that we don't get sick, that we stay strong, that we stay healthy, and that we don't get depressed and we don't get so stressed out that we cause ourselves other physical ailments. Uh, that's the goal. And if we do this right, we will look back at 2020. And we'll go, oh man, what a year. But we're still here. And we're still healthy. And uh, we're still enjoying our retirement. If that happens with you, then you've gotten the essence of what pushing 60 aside is all about. Uh, 
It's, it's not just a novel concept. You know, nobody talks to us at our age. Nobody started talking to us like when we were 40 or 50 years old. You know, yeah, we'd hear old people complain, oh, you know, aging is not for sissies. And we just went, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're here. And, and we know it's not for sissies. And, um, but nobody really empowers us with a plan to do this really well. Well, my plan is I'm not going to eat junk. I'm not going to eat a lot of fast food. I'm not going to eat a lot of processed food. Uh, I may eat a little tiny bit here and there because of necessity. Um, I'm not going to drink a lot of alcohol. I'm not going to start smoking cigarettes or, tobacco, uh, or, or cigars. I'm not going to try to be a super athlete and do super distances that are just ridiculous for a guy my age to start. I'm not going to try to run a marathon. Uh, I did do a half marathon back in the summer, and that's going to be a one-time deal because um, that just about left me crippled, if I can say that, uh, crippled for for about a week. Boy, my legs were torn up from running 13 point, was it 13.1? Yeah, 13.1 miles. So the goal is, think about this. This is what, this is what I challenge you to do this week. Think about what you're doing and ask yourself the question, is this really working for me? If it is, stay the path. If you've seen some things that you could change with regard to your exercise plan, with regard to your diet, your alcohol consumption, or uh, the amount and type of news you watch, me, I'm, I'm just about off of Facebook, just about. I was getting too much ugly. I'm just going to call it ugly. People saying ugly things to people they don't know about things they generally don't know much about. Uh, conspiracy theories. I don't need all of that. Show me the science. You know, show me the science. Um, tell me the truth, and, and I'll be a happy guy. And these days, that's really hard to find. It, it's really hard to find and it's hard to find people to trust that is stressful for me so I can't I can't keep watching hours of it day in day out and expect my mental health to to get better to 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 be in a nice smooth calm state so my challenge to you is examine everything Look at, ask yourself the question, where is my stress coming from? What are my sources of stress? What is it that you're worried about? What is it that you're concerned about? And then find a systematic way of chipping away at it. Now, one of the ladies that I've trained over this last year, um, I, to I told her at one point, probably a year and a half ago, I said, we're, we're like... We're like mountain carving sculptors that worked on Mount Rushmore. We're just chipping away, and it's a slow process. And we have to chip away at everything that's not working and, and do more of the things that are working. And, but tomorrow we get up again, and it's chip, 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 just steadily working on our health, our fitness, our mental fitness as well. Well, that's about a half hour's worth. I wanted to get these thoughts out there to you today. I want you to know what I'm doing. Uh, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty rock steady. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. But um, here lately, my goal has been reduce all sources of stress. And that means reducing people that are stressful. And most of those people were on Facebook. And most of that is gone for me. I feel like it was a very healthy decision to me. There's some things I'd rather not know. And there's some things I'd rather not know that people said or that people think. Well, if I go to the pig trough and I eat from it every day, you know, all I'm getting is slop. And, you know, yeah, I'd li I like seeing, you know, pictures of people's dogs and pet pets and horses and, and happy stories and, you know, happy family get-togethers and you know I like all that stuff you know accounts of vacations that's all cool but you know the other stuff and you know what I'm talking about and unfortunately it can be political it can be religious it can be racist it can be sexist it can be all kind of things that stuff mm -mm, I'm not seeing that anymore and you know unfortunately for you know some people think that I might be nuts or that I'm antisocial I'm not antisocial I just want to be your friend in person. If I like you, I'm going to call you. If I like you, I'm going to message you. Um, you know, that that's the old way we did it before we could just sit on the sofa and hammer out a few words or comments on a Facebook post. Um, you know, I don't like being on the phone all the time, but uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm calling people, talking to them, not just texting. I even called my friend up in Canada, France, the other day. You know, it was one of the most delightful conversations I've had in years. I encourage you to invest your time wisely and invest in people that make you have a spark of joy in your heart. Until next time, this is Gene. They call me Papa Gene on the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. And I'm only, I'm only going to be able to get away with this title for this podcast for a few more years because then we're going to have to start looking at how we're going to push 70 aside. And maybe I'll be a cranky old man with a cranky old voice still doing a podcast. Who knows? Until next podcast, may the good Lord bless you.